Mike's on and away we go. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and welcome to what is going to be our first official anti-slander slash anti-bullying week. Uh, you will hear some comments out of us this week that you were probably going to question if we've been replaced by sentient robots or aliens, but I promise we're still here. It's coming back next week. Uh, but this week we are joined by Delta Jade, Steph, and Al. Welcome, guys. Pistorius Piastri didn't get us. Well done, team. I thought it was Lando that we were watching out for. Well, I mean, I wasn't. I can't eat fish, so. Lando believes I should exist. Both. Good point. We're concerned about both. Good point. Uh, so let's get into, let's get right into the topics, right into, let's start with, uh, normally we don't talk about quali, let's start with quali. Uh, Lance Stroll P3 in actual quali, because it, it was a sprint weekend, guys, so there's going to be, a, we're going to jump around a bit here, but. Lance Stroll, P3 in GP quality. How did we feel about that? I um didn't wake up in time to watch quality live and then saw that on some sort of social media. I can't remember what it was. And was just baffled because how? Um, I mean, with the condition and everything, it was just it literally last very long. It was History just the stroll did not last very long. But like, if they had like all the cars had have properly got a lap in in that session, it wouldn't have been P three, P four for the Astons, and anywhere near it. They just got good with the time they sent their cars out. Yeah, stroll P three is weird. Well, I mean, Sorry, I, I, yeah, maybe he kicked his. Uh... Maybe he decided that with the rumours of Daddy Dearest selling his stake in Aston Martin, which we still don't know what the rumour is. We actually don't even know if the rumour that was discussed last week actually, is a real thing. Yes. Because the journalists who were kind of talking about the rumour have sort of wound it back a bit and kind of gone, oh, my God, we didn't mean to make it such a big deal. They lie. They did. They did. Um, and now we just, we wait to see what shenanigans, shenanigan. <laughs> shenanigan. Uh, yeah, shenanigans, sh shenanigans going to happen. I don't know <laughs> if that's great English. Uh, I apologise to any non-English speakers for the fact <laughs> that we don't know if we're speaking the Queen's English or not. We're not. The King's English now, sorry. I don't even know. God, that's blasphemy. Her Majesty has been dead for a year, <laughs> and I can't even remember the fact that it, we've now got Charles. Oh, God. Don't shoot me. Um, moving on to other people from monarchies, or other people from other countries that have monarchies. Uh, did anybody see that sh that sprint qualifying kerfuffle with Ocon and Alonso? 
kerfuffle? It, bro, I don't know what else to call it. I've got it written here as an issue. It was a kerfuffle. Like they were like, oh, it was a incident. It's an incident. Yeah, it's an incident. Yeah, just an incident in qualifying, in sprint qualifying, SQ one at that. But did anybody watch that? Did anybody see? No, what I happened think, there? No. It's so, it's so rogue. It's like, we knew they didn't get on as teammates. And now that they're no longer teammates, it's, it's worse. And it's funny. And I'm here for it. Um, but there's just something so amusing about Ocon driving himself off the track and then being like, oh my God, Alonso, how dare you do this? It's just, it's, it's rogue. It's just, it's just funny. Okay, so I've looked it up because I didn't see Quali. I didn't have the chance to watch it. Uh, but I remember hearing during the sprint they showed, like, a replay of it. And Martin Brundle was like, oh, Fernando could have done something. Like, I think they were saying that he could have gotten out of the way or something. Uh, so... Uh, Ocon put the blame on on his former Alpine teammate after two collided coming out of the Senna S at Interlagos in a massive impact with Ocon clipping the front of Alonso's car at full speed. Alonso believes it was a case of wrong place, wrong time as he moved off the racing line to allow Ocon by, but the Frenchman appeared to stuff, suffer. I can't speak in English, not even to King's English. Uh, appeared to suffer oversteer that sent him towards the Aston Martin, leading to their contact that left Ocon spinning towards the wall. According to the stewards, neither driver was wholly to blame. It's just, uh, look, to be fair, Ocon was not staying on the track, regardless of whether Alonso was there. Like, or, or like his lap, his lap was ruined either way. He might have stayed on the track and been able to like get the oversteer back. But like his lap was already ruined before he clipped Alonso because of the oversteer. He was so far offline. And I can't remember exactly whether he would have stayed on track, but like he literally just drove himself off the track and then decided it was Alonso's fault. Yeah, but that's kind of... That's kind of pretty typical for, I want to say, former teammates of Alonso, because this is not the first time that a teammate has had an issue with Alonso. And I imagine this won't be the last. And I know that they're former teammates, but I could rattle off a couple of former teammates or people who lost things because of Fernando Alonso who have since had some pretty serious issues with him. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen comes to mind. Kimi Raikkonen actually came to mind after the, uh, I think it was 2010 Ferrari seat, 2009, 2010 Ferrari seat, where basically Kimi just went, nah, fuck that Spanish brick, <laughs> and then just moved on. But that's Kimi, and there's a reason why Kimi Raikkonen is called the Iceman. Yeah, but he's just so cool. He's like, he's so, he's so, I just, I want to be his friend. I don't know if I'd want to, because I feel like he'd either not engage with anything. No, but he's like, or he'd right. be like a hundred all the time. No, he is. Apparently, like, off track, he's like a hundred all the time. Like, I, like, Jensen Button was telling a story one time about, like, 
Kimi Raikkonen just showing up at his house 3 a.m. drunk for like because he wanted a couch to crash on or something after like a night out. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't even remember what happened in the sprint. Like I watched it and I just don't remember what happened. I watched it like three hours ago and I couldn't tell you what happened. All I know is Lando's in second. That's so cool. he basically won because we don't count Max. Yeah, he, he won Formula 1.5. Yeah. And Russell was in second, Formula 1.5. No, because Formula no, Perez was in 1.5. Perez oh, I, in thought, I thought 1.5 got rid of the Red Bulls. No, it, just, it, it just gets rid of Max. Oh. Well, then third. Imagine if we did just get rid of the Red Bulls. I thought 1.5 honestly was get rid of all the Red Bulls. I think it is. Bro, well, how is that going to work? Because then we're getting rid of the Alpha Tauris as well. Yeah, no, that's what I thought. But those Alpha Tauris aren't even in competition with anyone. Except oh, yeah. for Alpha Romeo. Excuse me. They're like seven. They're P7 now. They are off the back of Yuki and his performances this weekend. And Danny Rick last weekend. That was P8. P7 this week. No, the P8 is off the back of... How are they P8? They were level on points with Alfa Romeo and Alfa scored nothing. Al Williams is 28 points. Bruh, what? So does that mean that Haas is bottom of the table again? Yeah. Yes. Where they belong. Yes. So, um, uh, what's his name? James Vows? Yes. Oh, no, it wasn't James who said that. Don't worry. I was going to say, he'll be happy. He won't be at the end of the grid with the longest walk of shame. But no, he's not there anymore. Sprint was boring. <laughs> None of us can remember what happened. Uh, so we all remember the actual Grand Prix. Uh, let us start with that formation lap. Because mm. we had another did not start. No, but. I saw something that was like it triggered like a safety shut off in his engine and if it didn't shut off the car would have just the engine would have just like exploded so actually it was better that it happened the way it did yeah it was better that it happened the way it did than it just exploding which is wrong but also cool that it has that shutdown feature race so that start was something mm-hmm. no why did we get to not even the first corner and both my favorite drivers were out bro like like it's our one's tire it's, went further than the entire australian national racing team like elbon and elbon <laughs> and charles and just done first lap our first corner and Magnuson, but, you know, meh. Although I love, speaking of that tyre, the F1 TikTok, like the official TikTok. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With that never back down, never what? Audio as, like, the tyre just rolls. The caption is, bro just wants to finish the race. Never back down, never what? Never give up. Never back down, never what? Never give up! Let's go! 
fair, bro. Whoever is in charge of that camp, love you. Keep doing it's amazing. Never back down. Never give up. Never, Never back down. I really think they should be allowed to like spray that on like that tire and just put it in like the F1 Hall of Fame. Do you know what it's like? Sorry, this is very off topic, but do you know what the TikTok bio on for F1 is? Not like anything like you know Formula One, Pinnacle Motorsport, risk takers, late breakers, history makers. Fair. I mean, they do take a risk with their lives every day. They do be breaking late. And they do be making history. I mean, Max has just broken Ascari's record for, like, a, what is it, a winning percentage or something? So, well, at the moment, it stands at 10 and a half years. Like, yeah. there are some drivers, no, most of those drivers have not been on that grid for 10 plus years. Most drivers don't last that long in their career. Like, like, I think there's, what, one, two, three, four? Who have you got in there? Well, Fernando, Lewis, yeah. Yeah. Sergio Perez was around... 11. Yeah. Um, Kevin Wait. Magnuson was around. I think Hulkenberg might have been around. Yes. And I'm pretty sure Danny was around. So that would make, like, what, five? Six. That makes like six out of twenty, like twenty drivers that were around that was still on the grid. The last like that are still on the grid from the last time Fernando Alonso and that's won assuming, a race. Assuming one, like most of those drivers have had like like sporadic careers where they've been in and out of seats. I was gonna say there's been whole careers go past now between the last time Fernando Alonso won and, like, now. Because, like, Daniel Kvyat did not last. He wasn't around in 2013. No. But he was around a while. Yeah, he made it to, like, 2018, 2019. I think it was 2019. When did Yuki come in? 2020. Yeah, so he lasted to 2020. No, because I thought Yuki did 2020. Yeah, he did. Yuki started 2020 because he was the year after the the Golden Rookies. Oh, that's right, because he, he won Rookie of the Year purely because he was the only rookie. So did Joe. Joe also won Rookie of the Year. Yeah. He was the only rookie, which is the best way to win Rookie of the Year, actually. I mean... That you can't lose if there's no competition. I wonder how they're going to like determine who's a rookie Please. this year. Because are they going to count them as? Are they going to count Liam as a rookie this year, or are they going to wait till he does his first full season? Because otherwise, then there's four up for nomination this year alone. Well, I mean, I wouldn't count. We all him. know who's won it, but not Nick. Pardon? Not. Did yeah, you say Nick. Not- Oh, Nick. Nick. I thought she said Mick. I was thinking, why are you talking about Mick Schumacher? He won Rookie of the Year because he had no competition either. Yeah, well. Because we've all just forgotten that. With Mazespin. We've all forgotten that Russian prat. 
Pratt. Yep. He's like a Chris, Pratt. Like Chris Pratt? No, he's just a straight Pratt. Chris Pratt is a crisp rat. That <laughs> Russian blonde, allegedly neo-Nazi, is just a straight prat. He's a twat. I, I have multiple terms. I have, a, it's, uh, I have a term, but it's not very... Not, not very, very user-friendly. <laughs> it's, not, it's not appropriate for anti-slander week. <laughs> no. So I did say welcome to Anti Slander Week, and then we have slandered we have slandered Vegas. Wait. We have now just called the. No, most... we haven't slandered Vegas. We did that before Not yet. the podcast. Yes, that's right. So <laughs> starting strong. I, no, I slandered Brazil because I said it was boring as batshit. Yeah, and then it's slandering batshit as well. Well, I mean, do you find batshit interesting? I don't say I've seen it. <laughs> it's not fun when you get pooped on by bats. I can tell you that now. Fair enough. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> I used to live down the road from like a massive colony. Okay. You can't. They're so noisy. Oh. We, um, we used sonic sound to get rid of the bats here on in, in this little bit. I thought you were going to say you use Sonic the Hedgehog. I was going to be like, what the fuck is a hedgehog going to do against bats? No, like they, they blasted the sound. So now they don't come back. Wait, did they do what like North Korea did? Was it? No, it was, was it North Korea or South Korea? I think it was South Korea where they like blasted Justin Bieber across the demilitarized zone to stop like North Koreans coming across. I mean, not really because it's, <laughs> It's just, like, sound waves that we can't hear that the bats are irritated by. But, like, in effect, basically, yeah, they did the bat equivalent of playing Justin Bieber. So they did the more humane version of it? Not to the bats. It's kind of inhumane to the bats. I would still, I could make, depending on the song, I could make the argument that it was more humane to not have to listen to Justin Bieber. (laughs) So now I think... Justin Bieber. Okay, I see how. <laughs> right. Anti-slander week is just as long as you're not associated with F1 specifically, you, you're going to get it. Anymore. You can, like, get it. Not like that. Hang on. I shouldn't have done it that way. Sorry. Yeah, yeah that sounded very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's a married man. Let's not go there. <sighs> married. Sorry. For a green card. Allegedly. Allegedly. I should definitely chuck that allegedly on there. I don't need Justin Bieber to suit me. Or Hayley Baldwin. Hayley Bieber. They've got more money than I could ever dream of. Uh, Moving on. Yeah, moving swiftly back to... (laughs) To people who also have more money than I could ever dream of. uh, Fernando Alonso and Sergio Perez. That last kind of five-ish laps. What did we think, guys? Considering they are typically Slander Central. This is where Anti-Slander Week comes in because it was just good, interesting, wholesome racing. And then their little, like, cute little moment after the race where they, like, hugged and were laughing and were all cute 
Like, it was just wholesome, and it pains me. It pains me that it was so cute. It pains me. Someone really did poke Sergio Perez with a stick, and he did do something. Do something. Do something. Maybe the rumour was that Red Bull told him that if he didn't get, like, some kind of podium this weekend, he wasn't going to be allowed to race, like, at Vegas, that they were going to put someone else in the car. And he really said, no, let me... Let me be here for this one. I hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> I hold my What do you say to me? Ah, hold my shit. Hold my shit. He went Solange Knowles on that race. Is it is it is it tequila that he has? Does he have a tequila? Is no, uh, he's, a, he's a happy meal. Sorry, what? <laughs> Wait, Checo. Yeah, he has an alcohol. Does he? I, I thought he only had Maccas. No, and that's only in, like... In Mexico. Yeah. But still, Maccas uh, nonetheless. There's a Checo Perez. Um, he's done a collaboration with Patron Tequila. Yeah, oh, tequila. Why would you oh. want Patron? Funny. No, don't allow Benovidos, please enter your year of birth. Bacardi's Patron Tequila teams up with F1's Sergio Perez. (gasps) (gasps) What? Me finding out Patron is Bacardi. Yeah, I had no idea that Patron was made by Bacardi. Uh, Back to that. Try not to slander people. Yeah, I'm trying very hard not to slander people, so I'm finding random information to sidetrack my monkey brain. That makes sense. What did we think of that last lap? Were we happy to see Sergio return to some sort of form and not just kind of languish down in the back of the midfield like Mercedes did? Were we unhappy that it was Sergio? Were we happy it was Fernando? How were we feeling? Do wish it was an Aussie. One particular Aussie um, in particular, but I'm happy it was Checo over. I don't know who else, but. Right, so that's just rude. How dare you support Checo in his fight with Lewis Hamilton? I cannot believe this. You have been in my house. Red Bull. You have been in my house. I thought we were not slandering this week. Dr. J, think about how if Checo loses to Lewis, you could get Danny Rick in a Red Bull and Liam Lawson on the grid. Mm. So really, think long-term here. Red long-term Bull- girl. We're playing the long game. This is over. This is done for Red Bull. They don't care. We are josh the fuck out of this. The look on Al's face right now, she does not look like she understands that reference at all. I don't know if, if Delta... Please tell me I'm reference. getting that right reference. Wait, the... Um, Josh Ayer. Girls, Me- Girls Meet World, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's... that's that's Yeah. Long game? Right. You're still playing the long game? Long game. Yeah. But I'm in it for the long oh, game. My Josh heart. 
Well, speaking of Aussies and wishing that it was them, uh, that red flag rule, I'm very confused about it because that was, surely that was considered a safety car restart. Why are we laughing? Please don't tell me the, the sandstorm is back. <laughs> I just started saying that and I just had my glass of wine from behind me and just took a sip. And staring directly at the camera. <laughs> oh, God. So back to that red flag and that restart. That annoyed me. That killed do, me for no reason. Do you guys consider that to be a safety car restart? Oh, I didn't watch the race, so I can't really. I just don't understand. I thought that, like, surely that situation has come up before, and then I thought they let them, like, unlap themselves on, like... Well, so the thing that... So what Martin Brandle was saying during the um during the broadcast was because the car was repaired in the garage they had to go from the pit lane they weren't allowed to go back out around behind the others but that wasn't a proper restart either after a red flag like we didn't have another standing start that to me was a safety car restart so why would we not just send them out the first time and Quick then question. have them start from the pit lane because they could have pushed them to the front of the line. We've done that before. Is it like how yeah. we were in um, Monaco after Dylan's crash, how they stopped them all in the pit lane and then we had cars here, there and everywhere that weren't actually in proper order? Is that what No. We're... No, everyone was in order because it was a first lap incident. So the only people who weren't in order was Daniel and Oscar because they'd come in and their car, like, they, they, so they had to, everyone came through pit lane because they had to, but because they then went into the garages, they were out of order. So apparently the rules state that because they were repaired in the garage, they had to start from the pit lane. But I'm a bit confused because my understanding around that rule is for a standing start, not a safety car restart. That's what I don't understand because wouldn't they have started from the pit lane regardless of whether they started from the pit lane a lap down or on the lead lap? The issue isn't that they, like, had to start from the pit lane. That's fine. I don't really care. But, like, it's the fact that they started the race a lap down. Like, it's not – like, that's just, like, completely unredeemable because by the time you then get the natural car spread, they're basically two laps down in the first – I think and Oscar that, did finish two laps down. Yeah, Oscar finished two laps both down. Did. They both, no, they both Daniel, did. Daniel's only one lap on the um, the final standings. I might have been. He must have got really lap. lucky then. Might have been because like one. Because yeah, we had six non um long well DNFs and a DNS, and then Piastri two laps, and then Ocon to Ricardo one lap behind. I reckon it's like one lap and then like ninety five percent of a second lap, probably. Yeah. Like I can't see times, but yeah. 
it's probably 99 point like nine seven percent and like danny rick's like interview after the honestly batch after the race where he's just like it's just like not fair and it's just like so disheartening that you're starting the race and you're just already a lap down well like it it did suck for Danny because, like, they were able to fix the car to the point where he possibly could have been able to compete. But yeah. no matter where he was on the track, if he's a lap behind everybody else, he could be in fifth position in terms of the track, but he's still in, like, 14th. And then he overtakes someone and then he gets blue flagged. Like, he overtakes someone on that restart and then he has, he's getting blue flagged because he's the He's a lap down. And that's what happened to Oscar. Like, they were saying that not only was the damage still pretty significant to the point that he probably shouldn't have been out there on that track anyway. Yeah, I don't know why they sent him back out. But also, like, he was... before, that's why, actually. But, like, he was also, anytime he got anywhere near anyone else or they got near him, he was being blue flagged. Yeah, because he's not allowed to defend properly because he's lapped down. Which makes it just, like, such a non-race for them. Like, it just makes them racing against them, each other, which is just boring for both of them, especially because Oscar's car was kind of nowhere there because it had damage still, not because the McLaren's not good. I don't know. It's just, like, some things, like, there's so many rules and there's so many, like, nuances to the rules that some things just kind of, like, come up until they come up. And I'm just hoping mm. that this is one of those things, like, now it's come up in such a grim way. And I'm not just saying that because I'm Australian and it was the two Aussie drivers. Um, but, like, now that it's come up in such a way, like, surely this deserves a fix. I would hope so because, like, imagine – and I know that, like, people are going to go, oh, you just can't, like, bringing this up because whatever. But imagine this had have been Silverstone 2021. And, like, you've got Lewis and Max and they both start from, like, pit lane because the cars have had to go back in to be able to be restarted after, like, Max's crash. Like, they've been able to fix it. That then has a massive bearing on, like, the championship. Like, I, I know that it's such, it's it's physically impossible because that car was fucked that car was- after... Silverstone but I'm just saying like imagine if it had have been two champion like the two championship leaders who are in a battle that's so close it's like swinging back and forth every race and they both of them start a lap down it's like okay cool so this means nothing to them because they can't unlap themselves unless there's another safety car in which case do they then get to unlap themselves well yeah they do because that's even if that's where the because if you start a lap down, if there's a safety car, so like Oscar, does he get to unlap himself twice, or does he only get to unlap himself once? Uh, usually, it's just once. But the but like, then he's still a lap down. He hasn't unlapped himself. As Danny Rick said, if it's like yeah, this time it was two cars, but like if you take Hungary 2021, the one where Bottas went bowling, and like you take. <laughs> those cars the 910 cars that Bottas took out because he wanted to um like he really said I'm the main character (laughs) like this time it was two cars but as soon as it's like 
five, six, or like you know ten. That's just like the whole race that's just neutral. Upset. Yeah. Shit for half the grid. Like a non-race. Like at that point, it's like a practice session for half the grid. I think this is where like the FIA can't account for every situation, but some of these are foreseeable. Yeah. Um, and should be considered. Like, I kind of feel like this does sort of go back to the FIA fuck-up of any doesn't mean all. Yeah. Because they could argue, because it it wasn't, like, all cars weren't involved in that situation, not all cars were entitled to unlap themselves. But it's sort of like, at the same time, the only reason, like, if they... Because I think a big part of it was the way they did that restart. If that had have been a if that had have been considered as like a formation lap, them going round and then doing a standing start, they would have been allowed to do that formation lap and then go into the pits. Which meant they wouldn't have been a lap down. Like I understand why they didn't do the like do a standing start because clearly it was perhaps not in the best interest for anyone to redo to have that situation happen again but any other circuit and we're doing a standing start yeah do we do like is it like sort of on the vibe of like where the crash was so like given that this was a first corner like off the start then they're like oh maybe we shouldn't do that again in case that happens again and then everyone is over it vibes is that that's sort of what it felt like to me is we'll yeah. just do like a safety car start but then i kind of feel like if this is if we can't do a normal if like if we can't follow normal restart procedures and i know that some people are going to get really annoyed here but if we can't do normal restart procedures because the start of the race is so chaotic and there's nowhere to go why are we racing yeah. like why are we there if if we can't do it properly don't go which Brazil is such a good circuit and I wouldn't want like Brazil to be taken off the calendar or something, but like, I don't know, maybe the start needs to be looked at if that's happening. I have no recollection of any other Brazilian GPs, whether this is like a common occurrence off the start. With that red flag and all of that, do we, do we think, and now I know none of us are F1 mechanics, but do we think that the possibility of the triple header played a part in especially Charles's car just shitting itself? Potentially, given, like, we know Mexico is really weird and rough cars, um, but, I mean... I don't know beyond that. Well, headers are all, always a bit rough on cars, especially like in the back end of the season when the engines and stuff already have so much mileage on them. So potentially, um, potentially Ferrari's just shit. What do you mean potentially? That's a proven fact at this point. <laughs> potentially it's the triple header's fault. Potentially it's the fault that Ferrari's just a little bit. You know, you know. 
Ferrari just ain't Ferrariing the right way to Ferrari. So it was a um. Sorry, I just read it. Now I've lost where it was. Um, it was a system issue, so it's probably more of a like a. Um, but it's the, te- technical thing than like a similar system issue to what Carlos had in Mexico free practice. Was it? I think they were mentioning Zanfort, didn't they? Which was oh. like two months ago. Might be the same thing again. And if it's then, that's a common issue. That's pretty like, bad if like there's the same issue is happening two months on. Like you think you fixed it and then it just comes back and goes, haha, you thought. Like the cut really said, bitch, you thought. But like, is that not then. <laughs> Is that not then too much on the drivers as well? Especially when they do like Cota, Mexico, which then because of the altitude and stuff, that's messing with you a bit to then go to Brazil where you're actually below sea level. (laughs) Speaking of Oscar Piastri, do we think people have put too much pressure on him? Like I know that that's probably a bit rich from someone who puts a lot of pressure on him just a few weeks ago said they thought he was potentially the next Lewis Hamilton. But do we think that the media has hyped him up too quickly? He'll be right. Because he's had a bit of a slump in form. I don't don't know if that's true. He's had, like, what, like, technical, not technical, but, like, his car was a bit broken this weekend and then he had like he hasn't been that far off um, and also rookie so, season yeah and like he's he's uh, huh sorry don't mind that so he but, finished p2 in qatar he was not in the top five in the u.s he was not in the top five of mexico and then ten- yeah he was 10 seconds behind Lando in Mexico. I, like, I don't know if that's like, like a slump in form, being 10 seconds behind your teammate. And Checo then obviously, was like 26 seconds behind in the sister Red Bull. Yeah, but that's Checo compared to Max. We're, we're not slandering Checo. <laughs> we're trying very hard not to. We're just going to ignore Checo, okay? Um... okay different driver pairing. All right, uh, Lance and Alonso, George not, and Lewis. Like, that's what I mean. He's like, he's not that far behind. He DNF'd in US for. Why did he DNF in the US? He DNF'd in him. Did he? He DNF'd at Cody. I swear yeah, he, was he did. Just ahead. And then he was 10 seconds behind his teammate in Mexico. And then he had issues and started the lap. I was very confused because I just looked at the Google thing. I was like, why does this say George Russell P5? I know Lewis Hamilton was ahead of him. It's been such a crazy couple of weeks. I forgot about the DQs. I was like, oh, have we we passed the amount of... um, uh, DNFs that we did had it in Australia. 
No, we're just under. No. Just a little bit under. Ah, uh, <laughs> so Oscar was, te- yeah, 10 seconds off of Lando in Mexico. Uh, George was almost 30 seconds off of Lewis. Um, Carlos was five seconds off of Charles. I don't know if this is a slump in form. I think that he had like a DNF for a reason that I can't recall, but I, wait, it was a crash. I'm just trying, I was just trying to find that. And then he had a crash which destroyed his car in Brazil, and then the McLaren just didn't do well in the altitude in Mexico. I still think he's like, I think he's fine. I think he's there or thereabouts that he has been. Um, I think that if people are expecting him to beat his teammate, they need to remember that he is a rookie. Uh, Who was not in a car last year? Who was not in a car last year, and also that Lando is still a really good driver. Um, And yeah. Radiator damage in US ah. due to contact with Ocon. I don't even remember this. This is so long ago. It was like two weeks ago, but it was like three, <laughs> it was three assignments ago. It was three assignments ago, and that's all that matters. It was um, somehow simultaneously two weeks and three years ago. It's just out of memory is gone. I don't, I don't. So it was time. on the run to turn. Um, turn down to turn one by the sounds of it. Piastri got tagged by Ocon, dropping um, who'd gone from 10th to 6th, even though he got hit by Ocon, and then by lap 5, Ocon was dropping further oh, yeah. down. Um, oh, I don't even have a lap here. Well, speaking of the US Grand Prix, uh, we will wake up to possibly news tomorrow that the result of the Grand Prix has been changed. That one particular Grand Prix, because the Haas right of review has been accepted and the, um, hang on, I'll tell you. Ah. the time, so ah, so if it's three p.m., we're looking at uh one a.m. uh hours time, midnight for the rest of us. So oh, that I- that hearing will go down at like midnight for us. And we will probably all wake up in the morning to either these half a dozen people have been disqualified or given a shit ton of retrospective penalties. Um, who? Just trying to find a sort thing about that. Just trying to now find where it was. So, if their objection is successful, the new order for the US Grand Prix from P4 would be Russell, Gasly, Sonoda, Hulkenberg, Bottas, Sergeant, Perez in P10. So, that would then, that would then play a bigger role in the championship order for P2 
because if Perez goes from Perez went from what four? Yeah. Or was he yeah. That would elevate him from fourth down to tenth, which is one point. I'm so confused. What is this review right of review? I have literally So they've basically lodged a right of review over the US Grand Prix results due to track limit violations the team believes were not applied. They say that they've gone through the onboards and they can prove instances where drivers were not noted. Yeah, they weren't noted and weren't given a penalty. Um, I just just tried to find, I saw a meme about it and um, Gantha is like, oh, I would have believed it if I hadn't seen like the photos and the videos. And then there's just that quote from... um, Toto Wolf in um, Drive to Survive, and it's just I have it printed out. <laughs> yep, I can't find it, but if I find it, I'll send it, put it up on story or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, so there was a team back at the time. So there was a team on race weekend that flagged that the results weren't necessarily accurate because they hadn't done their due diligence in watching for the required uh, track violations. Um, Chris Medland has a, he has said that Haas wasn't the team that he was made aware of that flagged it. Um, But they it, So their right of review relates to multiple incidents, including Albon not being penalised further when investigated. Uh, so Williams has been summoned, as has Red Bull and Aston Martin. So it looks like it could lead to either Alonso or... Did Alonso even finish that race? Hang on. I've got no idea. Who finished that race and is probably about to cop a penalty? Uh, could be Stroll by the looks of it. Yeah, because Alonso DNF'd. So it looks like it would be Stroll, uh, Alex, and then possibly Perez. I think it's Sargent as well, because didn't they have Sargent below Hulkenberg in that new order? No. Oh, okay. then. I don't think so. Hang on. Let me have a look again. Uh, Um... They did. So Hulkenberg jumps to seventh. So hang so, on. And Sargent. So, so they basically went. So they've removed Checo from fourth and he's now down to tenth. So that's moved Gasly up to. F- so Russell up to fourth, Gasly up to fifth. Somehow Hulkenberg has jumped from 11th to seventh based on this apparent new order. Then Bottas would jump from 12th to 8th. And then it'd be Logan and then Perez. But dependent on... I would think dependent on how many violations there would be, Perez may still be out of the points. So it's Perez, Stroll, Albon and Sargent that they want penalised. Yeah. And it looks like Perez, they want penalised by 90 seconds. What? Hang on. No. That's, 
genuinely yeah 75 so i was reading somewhere just after i think it was something like 75 seconds worth of penalty should have been applied but that still doesn't put him below because that was that um seconds ahead of what us Hmm. I think because the way that they're applying it is the precedent has been set that it's not five seconds, you get ten seconds after your next one. Oh, yeah. So if you like cop if you cop a five seconds, you then don't cop another five seconds, you cop a ten seconds. Yeah. So if they were to apply something between like seventy-five and Nine even a hundred seconds, well, Perez has just made history because he's taken the most penalties being applied in one race. He's taken that away from Ocon. Ocon, and then before him, Ocon. <laughs> and then Aldonado. Um, I think it's very interesting that a lot of people are saying that they don't think that Perez will be penalised for it because of the fact that it does then put Lewis and Checo closer together because that's basically so that's 12 points that you'd be taking off his current total. So if we have a look at what his current total is, and then bear with us here, guys, I've got some math to do. So they're basically saying they want him to have no points, so that then puts him at 246. So that means he's only 20 points ahead of Lewis then. Which is literally just a race win. Which is not doable. But it's doable for two P3s and Checo gets nothing because that's all it's doable. I mean, it's doable with... um, It's doable with two P2s and Checo finishes, like, I think seventh or backwards. Yeah, but P2 is a bit of a stretch with that Mercedes. Well, we don't, I don't know. We had a run of P2s, Mexico, Cota, before we got disqualified. Momentarily the US. Yeah, but before... The, dis- the DQ happened. We were in a good spot. Before the incident. And, I mean, realistically, what, there's two races to go. So all... So where's... We have a look. Look, so I think even P- even two P4s and... Yeah. Like a nothing. So I what, think- he has... So to to close the gap... Like, if if they take these points off of Perez to close the gap, Lewis would have to finish P5 or higher in the next two races and Perez either finish P11 or not finish at all. I think the other thing is that we're, like, assuming that, like, Red Bull will take it as, like, cut and dry, black and white. If he finishes P2, then... um, he keeps the seat. If he finishes P3, then he loses the seat. But it's also just like, I think Red Bull looks at it and goes, oh, he's only finished P2 because of a, like, a, a 
a DQ at Coda, like maybe we should actually just get rid of him. Like I think we're thinking that it's so black and white, cut and dry, and I just don't think Red Bull is looking at this seat like that. I'll be honest, I don't even care about him keeping the seat. I just want Lewis to get P2. That's also valid. Yeah, that, that's all Chelsea's concerned about. <laughs> yeah, my, my concern is not whether or not he keeps the seat or not. I just want Lewis to get P2, okay? I need I need Mercedes to make a decent car. Don't Mix care. your shit, no. Did you say uh, you don't care? No, I want to get a seat more than anything. That's fair. That's fair. We have different priorities. My priority is... More Liam Lawson, Aussies on the grid, and less Checo Perez is on the grid. That's, that's my my priority is more Mercedes winning because the sport does better when it's not just one team winning like seventeen to nineteen races out of twenty three races. Which is why in this pod, uh, which is why in this TED talk, I'll be talking about how Ferrari need to gut their entire team from inside out. And let Robert do it. Bro. Yeah, just have Robert. You don't need a team principal. You don't need mechanics. You don't need engineers. You just need Robert Schwartzman. And then get that man some, like, anti-anxiety medication as well. Because, like, otherwise he won't <laughs> all of those. And Ritalin. Bro. Give him a shit ton of Ritalin. He's going to need it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, start But also, can we do the same to Mercedes? Sure. I mean, they, they're Can we gut Mercedes like a fish? They're doing it to themselves. Everyone's leaving Mercedes. We need, what we need to do is we need to gut Mercedes like a fish. We're going to put Fred Vesti, Mick Schumacher, and James Allison in charge of everything. Sorry, including the driving? Are you getting rid of Lewis and George? No. 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 A they, actually, hang on. Sorry. No. <laughs> Let me see, I'm getting rid of George. We're going to put we're going to put Paul Aaron into that seat instead. Kimi Antonelli is going to stay in F2 for a little while so that he can take over from Lewis. Huh? Paul Aaron is not ready for F1. No, he's really not. But He's um, like joke and quit. Hey, I'm not putting a kid fresh out of Frecker into an F1 seat, okay? I refuse. Fred. Put Fred. Put Mick. Put Mick in that seat. For no, a because... If we're putting, I mean, them, I'm, I'm pulled all the way. Like, the running that. of the team. If we're leaving the running of the team to Mick, Fred, and though we could always bring back Nick DeVries. No, he spent enough time at Toto's side, and he's now done like a business course at like Harvard. That business, I feel like he could be in or negotiations. I don't. Something like that. I, I think it might have been negotiations. Had, had negotiations know. in it because that was the kicker of the whole but thing. Um, it was how to make friends and influence what we'll do. a short course at Harvard. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to make Nick DeVries the new team principal. We're going to make Mick Schumacher the uh, – so James Allison's going to stay as head of, like, I don't know what he is, technical, like head technical officer. Uh, Mick Schumacher is going to be head of marketing and like social media because he's the only one of them that has like a social media presence. Uh, I'm not sure what Fred's doing yet. What should Fred do? He's going to be head of communications. 
He's going to talk to the drivers. As I said, Paul's going to replace George. Actually, no, sorry. Paul's not going to replace George. We're going to bring Charles Leclerc on board. We're going to bring him across from Ferrari to get him out of that toxic red mess. So we're going to have a Lewis and Charles duo. George is going to have to go to Ferrari. That's going to be George's punishment for not playing the team game. Be his villain arc. Yeah, he can be in his villain arc at, at Ferrari. We'll bring Charles across. We'll fix the car. We'll fix the car. We'll let Lewis win his eighth. Lewis can then retire in twenty-five, and we'll continue to dominate in twenty-six. And then Charles gets to win a bunch of championships, like nine. Can he win nine in a row? Uh, don't know if he's going to be around that long, but we can try. Well, you'll let him have more than Lewis. I mean, if he can prove that he's worth more than Lewis, sure. I don't – this is where, like, fans frustrate – like, sometimes fans frustrate me because they're like, oh, you can't do this because, like, it'll ruin this person's legacy. Oh, like, yeah. like, records are made to be broken. With people being like, Lewis should re- uh, retire and Lewis shouldn't have this world championship so that Shumi's seven-time championship can stand. And it's like, that no. man said repeatedly, I made these records to be broken. Exactly. Like, and Lewis has said the same. He's like, "Oh, kind of cool that I have these records, but like, also, don't really care. Someone's probably going to beat them at some point." And like, I'm excited to see if you if I kind of feel like if you can get someone who can do who can break those records on merit properly, not just because you've cheated your way into a championship winning car and then you have no competition, but you can break that record on merit of like you're actually kind of competing with people and racing properly why the hell not i mean there's always going to be arguments that every championship is just based on being in a dominant car people do it for like the weirdest years people do it for like the 2019 Merc, and it's like 2019 2018 which no 2019 people do it for the 2019 Merc, and you're like did you not see the ferrari before it got banned for being before that engine was like made illegal (laughs) before they got caught doing dodgy shit but also like they do it to this is the funniest thing in the world to me is they do it in 2016 and it's like okay yes that car was dominant but also there was an actual championship battle amongst the team like both teammates were like nah fuck this shit like, even 2014, 2015 at the same time, they're like, yeah, it's just because of the car. And it's like, well, what about the other teammates that they were, like, battling with, actually? It's just, uh, it frustrates me. And a lot of the time I do feel like it is just used to kind of bring, like, put Lewis down. Because, like... I feel like we hear a lot about, like, 2019, 2020, oh, you only won because the car was so dominant. But then, like, this year we're told how great this year is for the sport. Like, one driver winning 17 races out of a 23-race season with two races still to go. Like, sure, that's an interesting stat and all that, but fuck, it's boring to watch. And Bottas was always closer and winning more races than Checo has this year. Like, Bottas was always closer 
to Lewis than Checo is to Max. So it's kind of like, if you're going to talk about how, like, dominant, like, the only reason Mac, uh, Lewis won the championship was because the car was dominant, okay, uh, and his teammate was useless, which I think is a weird take on Bottas, then you Oh, yeah, that Q3 that. streak lasted, like, what, 103 races? Oh, I thought it was, like, 150 races, but whatever. Um, no, surely not. That's too many races. Maybe it was, like, 103. Um, I think I'm pretty sure it was 103 because it was like the same amount of wins that Lewis has. That was like the Q3 streak that Bottas had. That like almost immediately as soon as he went to Alfa Romeo was done. Done. But like, yeah, if you're talking about how Lewis only won those championships because he was in a dominant car and his teammate was shit, like talk about the fact that Max is in a dominant car and his teammate is actually just shit. Like Bottas was on the podium every week in that Merc. And Checo hasn't been on the podium for six races. Since Monza. But not only that, like we could talk about last year too, because that Red Bull was very clearly dominant and Perez was still losing out to Charles. Like Leclerc was still wiping the floor with him. He basically Hulk smashed the fuck out of him. It's really hard not to be on the Checo slander hours when he just kind of deserves. <laughs> I'm not necessarily. Well, all right. We may have to rescind that anti slander. Um, I'm surprised it took you that long. From the beginning, because uh, I have a I have a stat here that I don't know if it's interesting or just pathetic. Uh, so. Logan Sargent with one championship point in P21 is closer to Sergio Perez in P2 than Sergio Perez is to P to P1 Max Verstappen in terms of points. To be fair, I think part of that is just because of like the way the points go, um, given like how much more P1 is than anything below P1. But also, I actually just think that's poor form on Checo's part because... That's massively poor form. He's... Because I think at the... Hang on. Let me double check it. But I think he's, like, doubled Checo's tally. I know he now has enough points to have won the Constructors on his own. No one can take the Constructors from Max. Yeah, not from Red Bull, from Max. Yeah, it's from Max, like, just by himself. Um, Oh, fuck, he's more than doubled it. So, Max has 524. Sergio has 258. So, if we go, there's been, what, 19 races? Would we all agree, 19 races so far? No. What? Isn't it a 23-race calendar? Yeah, yeah, it is. So it's 21 races. I am genuinely just getting very confused. Um, so P2 is what? 18 points? 18. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. 18 times 21. So he, he should have, with the where that car should be. 378? Yeah. Oh, math. Because that's without fastest lap either. So it's kind of like, well, what the hell? 
yeah, a little bit like, why aren't you that much closer? I don't know. Like, he's almost 200 points off of where he should be. He's 120 points off of where he should be. I think it'll be interesting if they keep him and, like, how he does next year. Um, it'll be interesting whether stick poking um, and threats of his seat have done anything or whether he's just going to. I don't think it will, it to be did. honest. I did have on here the Ferrari surprise announcement. But which has been announced? It has. I'm trying the, to find the suit. it. I just sent it to the group chat. That's what you sent to us. Okay, let's yeah. see how awful these suits are. Special race, special. They, we don't have a, like a full like head to toe, but I like it. Yeah, it's not too bad. I, I kind of am... expected something more. If that makes sense. I wonder how pissed off Carlos is because they've basically just painted them in the Monaco flag. <laughs> like, they've really just said, right, Charles has said we need to do something special to keep him, so we're just going to paint his entire team in the Monaco flag. Because there is literally no yellow on this at all. I wonder why they've got, like, a special suit. Because it's a special race. Because F1 special is, race, special suit. F1 is putting the race on, and F1 is. Uh... Some people genuinely are just referring to them as thing one and thing two, and it's somehow accurate. So, which one is being referred to as Chocolate Thunder? Um, what? Chocolate Have Thunder. Have you never seen. Yeah, have you never seen the Cat in the Hat movie? Yeah. Yeah, long time ago. So, hang on, I'll bring up the exact... So, Thing 1 is just Thing 1. Thing 2 is also known as Thing A, Thing King, Super Thing, Kid Dynamite, Ben, and Chocolate Thunder. Oh, yeah, I remember what you're talking about. I don't. I haven't watched that movie in years. Yeah, I've also not seen the movie in years, but when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, so, I'm, which one of them, if they are Thing 1 and Thing 2, which one of them is Chocolate Thunder? Because there's <laughs> Thing 1 and Chocolate Thunder. That's Charles. how I've always distinguished it in my mind. See, I think it's Carlos. Yeah, I think it's Carlos. Because, because I think... Charles would be Thing 1, and Carlos would be Thing 2, and Carlos would be the one being like, just because I'm the number two driver doesn't mean I'm actually any inferior. Yeah, that's exactly why I think it's Carlos. Because he'd yeah. be like, he really would be like, actually, this is what you can call me instead of thing two. Because, mm. you know, we're now just comparing F1 drivers to two things. Dr. Seuss characters. Uh, moving on to other Dr. Seuss characters, not other Dr. Seuss characters, but uh, Thing 1 and his battle with Ferrari. Uh, do we think that Ferrari are actually going to remain, keep his services, like remain his number one choice? Sorry, Thing 1, Charles? Yes. Remember, yeah. Carlos is Chocolate Thunder. 
Yes, because Charles yes. is a cult member. Carlos is not. Carlos will be ready to leave whenever anyone wants anyone like good wants to pick him up. Charles is a bit less so because he has like fully been devoted to the Ferrari cult, and I think he like has a lot more emotional attachment to that team than like winning a championship. He's been indoctrinated since yeah. child since childhood. He's not there to just race for Ferrari, like race in F1 for a team. He's there to race for Jules. Yeah. For his dad in that car, which he promised his dad that he, you know. Actually, did he promise his dad he was racing Ferrari or that he just had an F1 contract? I think it was just an F1 contract. No, he told his dad that he was racing for Ferrari. Ferrari, yeah. So, like, it's not just, oh, I'm, you know racing for a top team that I've dreamed about my whole life. It's, you know, I promised my dad on... Mm. And I, like, I... uh, I'm continuing on my godfather? Yeah, godfather's legacy as well. He never made. Mm. Oh, yeah, no, that's right, he never made. But he Mm. was, like, I think it was, like, he was, like, a year or two in the pipeline. He was like a year or two. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's doing what his godfather never did, which is... I had read somewhere that there had been discussions and a contract was almost signed for him to go like like the next year or something when that accident happened. Yeah, because it was um, in the middle of silly... Or like in the middle of start of silly season. Was what... Yeah. Why, wasn't it? Yeah. So it would have been around contract season. Well, speaking of silly season, here in Australia, uh, our telecommunications provider, Optus, has had (laughs) a bit of a silly season itself. Um, And I have seen on the app formerly known as Twitter, some people suggesting that part of the reason why this particular telecommunications provider has had the issues that it has is because their chief in chief enthusiasm officer is Daniel Ricardo and a further employee is Scotty James. Do we think that they are behind this outage? Those two have accidentally hit a button. Oh my god, they got like everything up. Factory and they've the red button. It was an accident. It's a big red button that says "Do not push." And then those two are children, and they're like, "Ooh, button!" They they both looked at each other, done a silly little cheeky grin, and pressed it, and then run off. Yeah, because hang on, no, 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 hang on. on. What they've done is they've had a lightsaber fight over the top of it, and one of them is like, "Give me a second, Jumped over it, stood over the top of it, and gone. I have the high ground. And the other one's like, don't make me kill you. And so they just press the red button to kind of, like, simulate yeah. that Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker fight. Or it's like that scene from The Good Place where, like... <laughs> Janet? Uh, like, yeah, yes. I, I have kids. <laughs> I have a family. I it's don't. Like, each other and, like, 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 Danny Ricardo is, like, running to try and like press the button and Scotty James is like trying to stop him and Scotty James accidentally hits it with his elbow. Mm. Something like that. Just, 
he just like I don't know performs that Undertaker on like Daniel Ricardo right on top of the button. He's like, this is how we're not doing this. But uh, and the other employee Ash Barty is just standing in the corner, being like, Jesus Christ, this shit again. She <laughs> was not there. She's still on maternity leave. Yeah, get that. I just like she's on Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> she's on Zoom trying to call like Barty. She's got like the security cameras warning. What are these idiots doing now? Warning. Warning. <laughs> no, she's Janet. Oh no. Please, please, I've got kids. I've got a family. I've got children. <sighs> what about my puppy? My puppy's sick. My poor dog. Go, oh, Jimmy. Uh. They're just, <clears throat> but no, nothing would surprise me if they were involved. Especially not with them. I too. feel like they, they are basically like Luke from Jesse. Where, like, have you seen the episode? Have you guys seen Jesse? Yeah, the Disney show. So you know the episode where, like, they go to uh, Fort Tavert or Tavert, um, where, like, Jesse's dad is, like, part of the military. And so they're driving around in the battle attack tank or a bat. Um, and, like, they press the big R. And Luke's like, I thought the R meant reverse. And Ravi's like, or it could have meant rockets. That's basically, like, genuinely, I, they are overgrown versions of those two. And they alternate who's who. I swear. I was gonna. I was gonna say which one would be the one that makes sense in that situation. Some days it's Scotty James. Some days it's Daniel Ricardo. It just depends on who yeah. has the brain cell. Yeah. But they also share that brain cell with like eight other Chloe. people. Chloe. Chloe. Chloe has possession of the brain cell, and she like delves it out and I'm pretty sure she did not delve it out today she just said she basically just said we're gonna keep it locked in the box for a day okay you were really naughty yesterday so no technology for you that was she put them on a technology timeout and so they decided that they if they were on a techno timeout everyone was on the techno time ah speaking of timeouts Dennis Halgar is not taking an F2 timeout, but has left the Red Bull Junior program. What do we think? Good call, mm. bad call, long overdue call. What are you? Fuck, does Red Bull do this to me? What was that? Sorry, Al? Who are you? Carol, Carol, Caroline Wilkinson? Is that her name? The chick from the footy show is like, good call, bad call. And she just like comes out with the worst takes. I don't know. Bro, I don't have a take of it. Like, at this point, I don't have a take because I kind of feel like Red Bull, Red Bull's Junior Academy is just shitting the bed. Red Bull's Junior Academy is like unnecessarily, like, not even like, it's not even like cutthroat. It's just like, they'll just drop you because you like. Because we've got too many. You dyed your hair. I don't know. You blink, you sneezed when you saw the sun. They just it's You like, breathed the wrong way. You looked at Helmet Marco before he said your name. 
How dare you? Like, it's just like, why are junior drivers going to keep buying into the Red Bull Junior program if there isn't really a pathway to Formula 1 if they're all cut at an F3, F2 stage? If they just keep cutting these drivers, why would you buy in when you're 13, 14? Why because would you- you've got no other option. Well, yeah. who, like, who are you going to buy in with? Red Bull have four Red seats. Bull. But why would you buy into No one else has that many. It doesn't matter. You're not going to get one because they're going to cut you off before then. Like, but the thing is, is like, you've got a better shot at trying, if that makes sense. Like, you think about it. No, Paul Aaron is being fucked over by Merck because of Kimi Antonelli. Yeah, and that's like, but that's like, it's, it's just like, if, if Red Bull is keeping on getting rid of these junior drivers for no, like, reason and no fault of their own it's gonna start being a case of the good drivers that have options of other teams of your ferraris mercs of your alpine academies of those sorts of academies are gonna start choosing those because there's an actual real tangible pathway into f1 and once you're in f1 in a williams in a has in a, in a shit car you're so much easier to get into like those a good team F2 under like an academy. The Red Bull Academy, I hate it at the moment. Yeah. They have great drivers. That's the problem. They're such good young drivers. And they just have too many. So. I think the expectations on them are also too much. Like, wasn't it last year that Helmut Marco said to step up this year they had to win the championship? No they knew they were they were losing Pierre. They knew that, so they then go and sign Nick DeVries instead of bringing in, say, like Liam Lawson. Liam, yeah, who was as close to winning a championship, like winning the championship, as he pro- probably was ever going to get. In F2. So it's sort of like, okay, well, what do you want him to do? He's now gone to Super Formula. He's, where did he end up? P2 in the championship? Yeah, only just. Yeah, only just P2 in a championship that is much more indicative of F1 than Formula 2 is. And he still can't get in. He's still got to sit sit on the sidelines while a 35-year-old twiddles his thumbs in a development seat. Like a 35-year-old who's also an eight-time race winner, by the way. I mean, I understand why they've dropped some of the juniors. Like there was, um, although I don't fully agree with it, but that's another conversation for another day. Um, Yuri got dropped for a lot of backlash that he got. Um, Johnny Edgar got dropped um, for, I'm pretty certain his was health reasons. Um, Because he had some time out of F3 um, due to his health. Um, Jayan, I kind of understand why he got dropped um, when he did. Um, But then, like, Dennis has, he's been towards the front. He's had a few, a fair few unfortunate races. But, you know, he's an F3 champion. He's been towards the front. A fair bit. He's in a very good team. 
why I keep that. getting like new younger drivers if you're just going to keep getting rid of them in F2 and not yeah. put them somewhere where they can be, you know, where they can grow properly. Like, well, do what Mercedes thing. do and have, like, one in each category and then just let them develop like that. Well, I think they were saying that Ayumi Awas is going over to Super Formula next year. He's staying with Red Bull me. but going over to Super Formula. But I kind of feel like for him, we all know that's kind of the end of the road. Like, it sounds awful to say, but... For him to be returning to Japan with no actual prospect into F1, because it's not like they're going to be able to do with him what they've done with Liam. He's not even the development driver. Isaac Hadjar is. And, like, he's still kind of competing for a championship. Like, you kind of have to sit there and think, he knows if that's where he's being sent next year, he's done. He's being sent home with his tail between his legs. the, like, F1 experiment failed. Mm. I mean, I think there's a disconnect in the Red Bull team between what they want from juniors and what they want for the actual team. I mean, this year was a very good example of that. But time will tell if they've made the right decision. I would love for one of the juniors that they drop because I think they said they're only keeping two. I've heard that somewhere, and they've currently got six. They've dropped one currently. Where, so, who are they dropping and where? Because they've just signed Pepe Marti, Martin and moved Ma- him Marti. up to F2. Yeah, Martin. Yeah. So they've just signed Pepe, moved him up to F2. So they've got, what, Enzo, uh-huh. so Isaac, Jack Crawford. Zane. Yeah, Zane. So that's what, uh, four or five in F2 Enzo. without Pepe. Hold on, where's the full list of them? So yeah, Jack, Iyumu, um, Zane, Isaac, uh, Enzo. Hold on. Dennis, Zane, Zach, uh, Jack, Enzo, Iyumu. Fuck's number six. I swear there was a sixth car. Might just be losing my mind. And then yeah, in then we've got um Oh my god, everyone's names are gelling together. Pepe is moving up next year. Mm-hmm. Um Well Hajar's or uh, not Hajar. Oh my god. It's too late to be dealing with names. Uh, Dennis is moving out next year, so I don't think Seb will be moving up, so that's one less name to contend with. But I think, like, for Red Bull, considering that they have four seats, like, realistically, they have two seats. If they were to have three or four in, like, each category... That I could understand because it's like, okay, you want to be, you know that you're competing, like, you've got, say, say three, right? I think three is a good number because you've got a chance to kind of go, okay, I'm the better one out of the three of us. 
Mm. And then they've got, like, the whoever's coming, like, top three out of, like, that category, out of, like, the Red Bull Junior Academy, they're the one who get the shot at being, like, the development driver, the test, the reserve driver, getting the seat. Yeah. Like, you go based on championship order of your drivers. Yeah, well, sadly, they don't work with common sense. It's Red Bull. Why would they do that? (laughs) Speaking of uncommon sense, were you aware that the start and finish line on the Brazilian track are in different places? And this is not an uncommon thing for racing tracks. I don't know what other tracks do it, but I... Did research and it makes lots and lots of sense. Were you aware, Al? Yeah, I knew it. I didn't know it about Brazil specifically, but I knew there was like a thing with another race. I can't remember what it was. Where it was a similarly close one, and everyone's taking photos of like the start line, and everyone's like, "But that's just like not the finish line. Like, what are you doing?" So I've got the reasoning why they do it. So, um. Spa's another one where it's, um, I think. Oh, no, that's just with the corner. Don't worry, it's just with the corner, I think. Um, But it's so that the start-finish line is right opposite the control room. So if something happens and the timing system fails, they can see as the cars are coming across the line who's come first, second, third. And if it's tight, they'll probably, like, have... They've got, like, a camera there, more than likely, so that they can see what's happening if, you know, timing fails. Um, but they can't have it as a starting line at every race just because of the location of where the grid's going to have to be compared to how much room there actually is. So they can't always be around a corner. Um, they try not to be around a corner for many reasons, like the visibility, cars spinning if a car stalls it's easier to get them off from right beside the pits to you know back around a corner um so they move that starting line up but the timing line and the finishing line is right opposite race control makes sense i mean it does but also, Control. it doesn't. <laughs> like, I, I see why perfect sense is made, but then also... Put the start line where you want the finish line. And also, yeah. I think I did read something else about it's... Because then, is the oh, lap... Is yeah. it actually a lap? So, like, take this race, for instance. If the finish line was where the start line was... Checo would have got P3. Mm, that's also with Alonso starting to slow, like, both of them starting to slow down. Mm. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I think so. But, like, what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is, is that it then becomes a thing of the laps not, it doesn't feel like a, like, say when you go karting, right, you know this is where the start is. This is, like, they count from, like, as you cross where you start they don't count from where the pit exits like the pit entry starts if that makes sense yeah 
like that's not your finish line. They kind of know, okay, you cross this bit here, you cross this bit, you cross this bit, you cross this bit, you've got this many laps. And it just sort of feels a bit awkward because we count the laps based off, from my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, but do we not count laps based off of start line to start line? Mm, we do count laps that way, but the way that we calculate how many laps is um, race distance. Over but how, how do we many... determine the race distance then? Because is that start line to start line? Um, start line to timing line um, for one lap and then everything else. Timing line to timing line. Okay. I was going to say, does that mean so, you can't get the fastest lap on the last lap, but it means you can't get the fastest lap on the first lap? first lap. Good. Because nobody's getting fastest lap on the first lap. Hmm. It's still just a bit funny to me. I don't understand it. I think it's just, it's just kind of like a thing of necessity if they need it to be across from race control. Race control is where race control is, which means the finish line is where the finish line is. And if you can't have 20 cars line up before then, sometimes you just got to scooch it on down a bit. And I think it's just, eh. So what, one lap is 10 metres shorter than the other? Something like that, yeah. Especially in yeah, somewhere first like Brazil. Yeah. Like it, it kind of, you then... Like race distance might be one thousand nine hundred and seventy-five meters, but you're actually doing one thousand nine hundred and sixty-five meters. Which, like, the race distances aren't exactly the same anyway, because they just kind of round it to the nearest lap anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because they've got a set amount of k's they have to do, isn't it? Yeah, um, minimum distance is 305 k's, only exception being Monaco, which is 260 k's. Because if that was 305 k's, it'd go for bloody seven hours. Oh, what, Monaco? So yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's such Imagine, a... like, I, and it seems really stupid that that's just, like, 45 k's. Like, that's not that much. But we can all agree that it'd add at least another, what, hour and a half, two hours on onto that time. Well, it's also just, like, given how many, like, safety cars and, like, everything Monaco gets. Just, like, drop it down even. 230Ks. <laughs> just make it a two Just make it an exactly two-hour race. Every like, go bada time bing, bada boom. Yeah, do it by, like, time. Like, because we've got the three-hour time limit anyway of... Once the timer starts, we've got three hours to finish the race. And you, you they aim to have it done within that two hours. Just make Monaco literally a time trial. Yeah. You've got two hours. Whoever's, whoever's at the front, at the end of that two hours. No, no, no. Monaco should just be, everyone does a lap, P20, you finish P20. Everyone does another lap, P19, you're out. Everyone does another lap, and that's how they start in Monaco. No more, no that's, more Monaco. That's a banging qualifying idea. There's no, there's no race in Monaco. It's just the most insane qualifying session I've ever seen. But everyone's on the track on their own, so there's none of this traffic. So like top ten um, shootout, like supercars, top ten shootout vibe. Yeah, but also. It's not just 
the car, they also have to run the track. That your time running the track is taken into account. Triathlon, they have to triathlon the track. They've got to swim around it as well. <sighs> you can't swim around the whole track, but that's not the point here. Imagine um, <laughs> sprint race weekends. You've pretty much just got grids gonna... decided on how fast you can sprint the track. <laughs> uh, that would be such an interesting grid. Monaco is basically just you sprint the track, you drive the track, and then the triathlon part of it is can you out party Kimi Raikkonen on a boat in the <laughs> Monaco Marina? Can you can you swim across the swimming pool chicane that is not filled? <laughs> swim. <laughs> Figure it out. So you've got to swim some problem the solving t- skills. Like, <laughs> past the tunnel down to the swimming pool chicane. That's your <laughs> Just down, like, you got to go down and back. That's it. Yep. That's a good way to get people interested in triathlons, too. Because, <laughs> like, they are, again, batshit boring. Imagine <gasps> having one. Take. Like, imagine having one in the glitziest place in the world. Oh, I guarantee you there is a Monaco triathlon that does basically the Formula One track. Probably. Probably. Well, Monaco's not even that big, so... Yeah, I mean, the Formula One track is literally just their normal streets. <laughs> it's just half of Monaco. I don't even think it's half of Monaco. I think it's, like, all of Monaco. No, not quite. Like, not even. Like, Monaco's small, but it's not that small. Like, if it was that small, it'd be, like, Vatican City size. Yo, imagine a race... Imagine an F1 race around the Vatican. Oh my god, and so you just get a 21st car and it's just the Pope Mobile. <laughs> oh, that, uh, and it's actually like the Pope's in it. Yeah, absolutely. Put the Pope on it. Do it. That'd you- be so oh. sick. But also, like, imagine you just crash into like this. Imagine like they're racing around and they just straight up crash into the Sistine Chapel. Oh, bro, you're like being destroyed by Catholics everywhere. Put the Pope in the Red Bull and put Max in the Pope Mobile and see where the Pope Mobile comes. I reckon that Pope Mobile is probably coming second, you know. Yeah. Is the Pope coming first? Probably, yeah. Because <laughs> no one's going to want to mess with his holiness. He'll be like, I'll bring down curses on you. No, the new Pope's on his environmentalism shit, so he would be on his environmental stuff, but I also I could imagine him just being like, God has willed it that I must win this race. And God is Stefano Domenicali. He's like invoked he, he like just invokes the name. He's like, God is a Ferrari fan. He came to me in a vision, so he I must be given a Ferrari. <laughs> I I don't know why. He just something I could imagine him doing. How well do you know the Pope, Chelsea, personally? I don't. I don't believe in religion. So I probably would laugh if we crashed into the Sistine Chapel and then I would get into trouble because my grandma would be like, but that's heritage. Yeah, it's such a nice building. Like, I don't give a crap about, like, such a nice building. It's just a bit of stained glass. We can make some more. I should apologise. I just remembered Delta Jade is Catholic. Um, so probably this entire conversation that we've just had, Al, is probably highly offensive. So we apologise to anybody who may take offence. 
Don't worry, but, I've been too busy trying to Google how big the Monaco track is compared to Monaco. But also, <laughs> as a Catholic I, Delta Jade, would you not want to see the Pope race in a Ferrari around the Vatican? Uh, not I'm, really, no. <laughs> not really. You wouldn't want to see him in a Red Bull or a Mercedes? Not really, no. I'd like if he could use his powers to put Mr. Oberman in a good car in F1. Okay, that's the deal. We're putting Ollie in the Pope-mobile. <laughs> I just think the Pope-mobile is the coolest thing that exists. I just, like, I love the Pope-mobile. That's what we should get for, like, F1 driver parades. They all get, like, their own mini Pope-mobile. I had not seen what that was, and I've just Googled it. That is hilarious. You don't know about the Pope-mobile? No. Oh, yo. So oh, that is adorable. Be... The coolest thing about the Pope-mobile is that it actually used to be open top until, like, it used to be yeah, open. Yeah, I can see that. Until someone shot at the Pope. And the Pope was like, nah, if, God, if it's God's will that I'm going to die, I'm going to die. I don't want to, like, close it over. And then, like, all the other Cardinals were like, no, we really can't afford to lose you because, like, we just lost a Pope or something. And so now the Pope, Pope is too important. Him. Now it's bulletproof. The Pope-mobile is bulletproof. It's like um, it's like the, it's like the um U.S. president's car because it also carries like a vial of like the Pope's blood in it or something. Yeah. Anyway, this is a whole whole thing. Welcome to RE one hundred and one. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't know about the Pope Mobile. <laughs> You're not a very good Catholic, are you, Delta? How do you not know the Pope Mobile? <laughs> You went to a Catholic school and they didn't teach you about two years, Um, I learned more about everyone else's religion in religion. So. Inclusivity. We stand. We did a whole, we did a whole in religion, we did a whole thing about like Sikhism, which is kind of a rogue religion to be taught about. Sorry, did you say sneakism? Sikh. Oh, I thought you said sneakism. I'm like, what is that? Worshipping sneakers? No, it's how you burgle people's houses in the dead of night, actually. Yeah, no. Um, oh, so it's just Charles Mansoning. Whoa, hang on a second. <laughs> That's pretty much what he did. He just added a Murder. some spicy burglaring in there. In late-term abortion. <laughs> very, very late term. Actually, in the case of Sharon Tate, that was a very early term abortion. Oh, the was child it? was not yet born. Yeah, I know. But it wasn't at like eight months. Pretty. Yeah, but I mean, and if it- late term abortion is they are breathing like air that everybody breathes in and are legally recognized as a person, that's still like an early term abortion if the child has not yet left the mother's womb. Anyway, so, anyway let's move. Move back on to. To the realm of cargo room. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you come here for the F1 and you get conversations about murderers and the Pope in two separate podcasts. This is what the people come for. This is what the people come for. Ah, uh, cars go room in Macau soon. Yes, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Is anybody going to watch the cars go vroom vroom in Macau? The slow cars go vroom vroom because they are slow. We only have one unconfirmed driver for F3. 
only one. And it's a roading car. Oh, God. Just in case anyone cared. They'll probably have just bring Liam. full back. entry list if anyone cares. <laughs> I, they will yeah. probably just bring Liam back. Especially I, now that. Freaking hope so. Well, Dan Tickton's there. Mr. Marcus. Now that Armstrong Marcus is back. Who else is back? Um, you looked at me very oddly then, Al. No, I looked at Dan Tickton. Sophia's really black. Strangely. Yeah, Danny Tickton's coming. I'm very excited to see I, Danny Tickton. I kind of. I. Kind of like the shit he talks on the radio. It cracks me up. Who is else? Yuki Sonoda, if Yuki Sonoda was white. No, he's Yuki Sonoda on, like, crack. Yeah, that's what I said, if Yuki Sonoda was white. Why, where can I find the- Um, Just search, like, Macau Grand Prix 2023. So, but, so um, we have Marcus in F3. Yep. I'll quickly yeah, run through the whole entry list if that's all right. All good. Fire away. So, Trident, we have Richard for sure, Roman Stanek, and Ugo. Oh, I hate his last Ugo. name. Ugo. Never Let's just call him and Ugo. And Ugo, who is McLaren's um, one of their uh, drivers. Um, Jenza, we have Maxwell Esterun, Charlie Wirtz, and um, Matthias, sorry, Matthias Zagazetta. Uh, SJM Theodore Prema Racing is Dino Beganovich, Gabby Mini, and Paul Aaron. High Tech Pulse 8, um, Luke Browning, Isaac Hajar, and Alex Dunn. Campos Racing is Pepe Marti, Sebastian Montoya, and Oliver Gertha. Uh, Van Amersfoort Racing is Noel Leon, Sophia Flersch, um, Tommy and Tommy Smith. ART Grand Prix, uh, Lauren Van Hopten, Christian Manzel, and Nikki so- uh, Nicholas Solov. Roden Carlin, we've only got two, Zane Maloney and Dan Tickdom, still waiting on number three. And MP Motorsport, Franco Colapinto, Mary Boyer, and Kiwi Marcus Armstrong. So, so far we've got three from Down Under. Which is amazing. And then an F four. We don't F4. I don't I don't know if we have uh-huh. a Kiwi, but we do have podcast favorite and honorary oceanic member Bianca Bustamante. Right racing for Black Arts Racing. Hold on, I'll pull up their one as well because they've got some good names as well. Let's just find the list again. So let's hope that we can actually watch this. You can. There is a way to watch it. I don't know how because I have not been able to see it. I've never we actually watched it, it before. So the no, GT World Cup. <sighs> I just have to find which one the entry list is. No, not that one. That's motorcycles. If I... They've put the F4 in a weird name. I just can't remember what the weird name is. Ah, it's on a different section altogether. Okay. F4, some big names that we should know. Um, Prema Racing has uh, Rashid Al-Dahira, uh, who's currently in F4. Uh, Black Arts Racing, Bianca Bustamante. 
uh, SJM, Theodore Premier Racing, Arvid Lindvald and Freddie Slater, um, both currently F4 and Frecker, I believe. Um, Jack Beaton, uh, Beaton, who's an Aussie, who's racing with AJI, sorry, AGI Sport, if I can English correctly. And they're probably all the ones that are in the main series that we watch in Europe. So we have one Aussie. Only one. And an honorary Aussie. And an honorary Aussie. Uh, I think I have found a link. Yeah, there is a way to watch it. it's, It's not till like next. Not this weekend, next weekend. Um, no, there are this weekend as well. This weekend, next weekend. So, uh, F4 Not just is, the 16th, 17th. Uh, F4 is this weekend. Uh, alongside oh, GT3, GT4, Road Sport Challenge and the TCR Asia Cup. And then ah. next weekend is F3 Macau Grand Prix, the World Cup. Um, FIA GT World Cup, um, Kumo TCR World Tour event of Macau, Macau Motorcycle Grand Prix, uh, Touring Car Cup, the Chinese Touring Car Championship, and the 70th Anniversary Grand Prix Challenge. So two weekends of Macau racing. Woo. Who doesn't love racing in what is effectively China's Vegas. I just love racing. That's fair. And Macau is such a, from what I've heard, um, just by Marcus talking about it, is such a insanely tight track and just Um, crazy to race on. Yo, okay, holy shit. Mm. I'm looking at the track now. At one point, the minimum width is seven meters. It's like there's one. It's 6.2 kilometers long. There's like no space for mess ups. So if anyone hasn't like ever watched an onboard before, I beg you to watch one because they are like it just puts into perspective how tight the track is, um, and I think I think it was Marcus who said once, a quali lap round there, you're either you're flat out and you're either in the wall or like you've managed to keep it on the track to get a good lap in. So if anybody is interested, we will put a link in the description for you. Uh, to where to go to watch some race playbacks. So you can watch the 2021 and the 2022 SJM Formula 4 Macau Grand Prix so you can get a sense. There is like a – there's almost like a Monaco-esque chicane here. Mm. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be amazing. I wish I was there. Like, I genuinely want to go. No, I wanted to talk about the crash damage because I thought it was a really cool stat. I sent it to Delta. Did you? Who has spent, who has, who has cost their team the most money oh, you this year? did. 
Shocker. Who do you think's number two? Nick DeVries. No. No, Karen Green. No, no, because Nick DeVries is listed on here. Is he? Well, yeah. Oh, it's, it's oh, DeVries and Ricardo. Yeah. Oh, okay. And like, is he in the same? No, Liam's it's just there. DeVries and Ricardo. Oh, Liam, so it was for Liam. Both. Liam didn't, hasn't crashed or caused damage. No, but it would. Yeah, because yeah, even Max Verstappen has caused damage. Like, surely it's Checo. Or, it, like, it is. Yeah. See if you can name the top five. I don't know. Uh, in any order. It doesn't matter if it's not in order. Uh, Magnuson. Uh, Just shy. No. P6. He's P6. Uh, Charles. George. No, no. What? I don't even know anymore. Who crashes a lot? Bloody... Steph. Al- Steph doesn't crash a lot, but... <laughs> Steph? Or she cut out? Steph, are you there? Um, top five. Crash damage. Checo. Yep. Ocon Gasly. Mm-hmm. One of them's there. The other one is just outside the top five. Maybe. Nah, I wouldn't say Joe. Um, Stroll, maybe. Someone said Magnuson and Hulk, didn't they? Uh, K Mags, number six. And Hulkenberg's 12th. Yeah, I wouldn't say Hulkenberg would be anywhere near Magnuson. But it's like, also just like, this is monetary value. So you've got. Piastri? Nope. P8. Sergeant? Yeah. He's number Last one. one. See if you can get, like, number five. I'm just, like, whenever you ask these questions, you just, like, forget half the grid. Yeah. Carlos? <laughs> nope. No. The thing is, is I'm looking at this, and this was written, like, a couple of – this was written, like, a couple of days ago, and I'm just wondering – like, I know that this exact – like, they have a breakdown. I don't yeah, see it. I don't remember where these figures have come from. Yeah, but remember, is it just crash or just, like, things that they've no, it, broken? It, oh, no, it is just... So if you go down, issues. so this yeah, even says Brazil, front wing, brake drum, deflector, front suspension. I love how they have a previous champion for the last four years. Wait, so who's fifth? Does anyone, does anyone want to... Oh, fifth is Alex. Alexander. Does anyone want to guess the last four champions? Like crash damage champions. Oh, I remember it was um Alright, let's actually let's re let's change that because I want to swap I want to jump over twenty two and twenty one because everybody knows that's Mick Schumacher. So who was twenty twenty? Twenty twenty well it's kinda twenty twenty was Madison. No. No. Think about who had a really, really, really bad crash in twenty twenty that almost ruined their career slash life. Grosjean. Oh, he's got it. I guess. Who's 2019? I don't even remember 2019. It's the Ferraris because they destroyed my hopes and dreams by having an elite pension. No. (laughs) Yeah, it is. My (laughs) hopes are worth more than these millions of pounds. 
I'm shocked that actually, uh, actually, twenty. Mm, I'm kind of shocked, shocked who, it's not Pierre. Who's the champion? Constructive twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen would be like I don't even remember twenty nineteen as well. Could have been like the Ferraris from being at the front. It could have been like uh the bloody rookie passes. In 2019, oh, yep. huh? Albon. It was Albon again. God, Albon. But again, I don't. I feel like he's been done a bit dirty here because of the fact that the figure that I'm, the figure that both Delta and I are looking at, and then when you look at the constructors' champion, I don't know how he, how he's been attributed with that much money, considering who was in the seat for the first half of that year, and how much they crashed. And I I'm don't think all that, that as a massive is. I don't think all of that is. Well, if you so is you Alex. read this, this says previous drivers champions 2019 Alex Al- Alexander Albon cost his team five million four hundred and fourteen hundred fourteen hundred thousand. Yeah, but he had two teams, remember? So I kept, I thought that was between yeah. the two teams that he'd have that much crash damage, and well, then you... Red Bull was all three drivers. That's still really bad, though. Mm. But it's also like, also like a lot of the crashes he had in 2019. Oh. And then again, that's not just that's not just big crashes. That's like any time they've clipped a wall yeah. and you know yeah. taken also off like, a front wing or they've because they like when you're done a, a tire. And in your like, in the mid, you're much more prone to crashes, which is why it's bad when like a top team gets that much damage. Like, what are you doing? Because it like it has a bit of a pricing thing here about like the front wing, the brake drum deflector, front suspension, a wheel, how much a wheel costs. So if you just fuck a tire, it's five grand, and that gets counted to your destruction cost. A real oh, yeah. wing Look is ninety two thousand. Gearbox electronics, they're like. Yo, if you fuck a gearbox, that's half a mil. Mm. But, like, that's not always something that driver fault. Yeah. Most of the time, that's not driver fault. A gearbox. Mm. Unless you've, like, crashed the car to the point where, like... And, like, the suspensions, wheel... Oh, actually, I'll take suspensions to have that. Wheels and front wings, they're kind of easy to destroy. Suspension, you take K-Mag's suspension last weekend, just, like, stop mm. work halfway through the corner. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, so oh. this was written... I mean, side pod, you yesterday. run into the side of a wall, and whether you continue going or not, that's still damage to the side pod. Someone yeah. Side pod damages because someone has been to you. So whether this is actually what has, like, been attributed to the teams or just, like... They've damaged their side pod, so that's just like a brand new side pod instead of just, you know, it's worth uh, what is it on here? Um, ninety five thousand dollars. Whether they actually have done like a full repair and the full repair has been charged, or if it's just like you know a bit of fixing up, but because the side pod was damaged on here, they've just charged the whole side pod anyways. If that makes sense. Mm. Mm. 
Someone has commented that Piastri deserves a bonus for not being in the top five in his rookie season. Agreed. Actually, not, okay, sorry, I take that back. Only Sargent's been there. Like, he's the only rookie, and that's pretty good for the rookies, I think. Nick yeah, DeVries like, isn't even in the top ten. Top, yeah, but Nick DeVries had half a season. Mm. Yeah, good point. So he should be much I mean, okay. Nick, what, um, Azerbaijan, U.S., um, Spanish, um, go away, please. Uh, when did Nick jump out? Mid-season, so nearly half. Uh, like, Hungary, I think? Yeah. Hungary. It, like, so let's go. So he had Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan, Miami, Spain, and then nothing else. And then Netherlands was Daniel, and they've had nothing else since. Daniel did a shit ton of damage in the Netherlands. But yeah, that was two hundred eighty-five thousand compared to he did more damage to himself than he did to the car. Mm. Distinctly though, did less damage to the Piastri than he could have. So mm. you know, a win's a win. And I mean, then again, this is counting like, I mean. In crashes, it's not just what, you know, the driver has caused. It's just what's happened completely. So, if, um, okay. so Daniel Sorry. had, like, collided fully into Oscar, would have been counted technically as Oscar's thing, and even though... And it has been counted as Oscar's. So, if you have a look at the, if you have a look at the figures, Daniel caused $285,000 worth of damage. Oscar's listed as 712000 so he's like yeah. tripled. Yeah, Daniel's Oscar. Damage. Yeah, crashed. Oscar also crashed his car. Yeah. But it's a. Anyway, that's what I was saying about Alex in 2019. A lot of the damage that was attributed to his car wasn't his fault. He got crashed into a lot. Mm. Yeah, Lewis had it out for him that year. Yeah, here we go. Note: values are based on non-exact incident research. Blame or fault not taken into account. Power units ignored due to lack of PU cost structure. Um, racer must race in at least five events to be scored. That's why Liam's not on there, yeah. even though I don't think he caused any damage, really, apart from maybe a tyre here or there or a bit of, like, I don't, even I don't know, think... gearbox floor, like, any of those issues that are not I causing think... him to stop, like... Yeah. Sorry, guys. I don't think he stopped at all. No, just like, I mean, um, minimal damage that they've had to repair anyways, but not something that's affected a race. Are we calling it Delta Jade? Are we calling it Steph? We're calling it. I think we're calling it. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Have a good evening or afternoon or morning or whatever you're, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, Thank you for coming on this this journey with us. Uh, hope your parents are safe. Hope your animals are still with you. Um, hope you are not attacked by people who don't believe that people who eat fish shouldn't exist. Uh, or Charles Manson. That's that's a big one. Uh, even though I think Charles Manson's now dead. <laughs> Pretty sure he is. <laughs> Hey, well, I hope you're not haunted by ghosts. Uh, and 
if you have any feedback for us, any questions, comments, queries, you want us to shout someone out, let us know. Uh, keep an eye out for that link in the description below for the Macau GP so that you can join us uh, if possible. We will see if we can do some kind of live stream if we can. That would be really cool if you could come join us for that. But we'll have more information about that later. Keep an eye out on the socials for that. And uh, nap out. Nap, nap out. out.